What's up, fellas? Yo, Med yo. Handle. Med Handle Podcast. Finally getting it back going after a little bit of a hiatus. We'll be back, baby. Back. Let's go. Charlie, how's the city? How's everything going over there? Man, everything is good. I'm dusting off my bright orange foam finger, ready to get this thing ready for playoffs at <laughs> the go. Garden, baby. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. Easy. How's long? Strong Island, I should say. Good, man. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. All right. Texas so far has been a little chilly today, but it's going to warm up the rest of this week. I can walk around my underwear again. Nice. So, uh, warm up me 90 degrees? Uh, not not quite. Not quite. <laughs> but but we're going to get there pretty soon. And I'm going to be just dreading going outside. <laughs> But let's talk about some heat. Let's just get right into it, right? Because the Knicks are on fire right now. What a team. Easy. Break this shit down for me. Tell me what your thoughts on this team. So I'm just doing a callback to an earlier podcast because, listen, I already uh, I, I got the I got like I called and got the rights. We the fucking best. We the <laughs> best. We the fucking best, baby. Hottest team in New York. Best team in New York. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot to say. But I think first thing, most importantly, yeah. Julius Randle, first team or second team All-NBA? Uh, if it was up to me, I'd fucking put him as the MVP. But I would – with what he's doing I, right has now? To be a serious discussion. This dude's making an All-NBA team. It just it depends on – it's probably not first. There's too many good forwards. But, like, he's got to be on the second team All-NBA. Real, realistically, you know they're going to fucking burn him. Either. They'll put him on, like, the third team if there is even a third team. Yeah. Dude, his but, numbers are ridiculous. He's shooting threes. He's shooting threes off the dribble. Like, dude, the guy is a stud. He had, a little, like, a little bit of a low, like, what was that, like, a couple weeks ago? And like yeah. you can just tell he got tired. There's too much on him. But hot damn, is he back? I mean, he's close to like what, like a triple double every single game. Yeah. When easily. was the last time the if the Knicks ever had a player like that? Okay, exactly. Charlie, let me hear it, man, because I know you've been going off on the chat. Let's hear it, man. Yeah, um, so I'm just checking my notes right here. Check Obi Toppin still sucks. No, um, uh, in, anyways, look, the Knicks are crushing right now. Um, I mean, obviously, what, I mean, what can be said about Julius? I think also, too, running down the list, like, RJ has come on so tremendously this year. I mean – when we were talking about him in the off season, right? It was like, what do we have? Should we trade him? We don't really know what he is. Is he going to be like a six man? And I mean, I think his development over the course of this year, especially even in like the second half of the season has been amazing. You know, also too, I mean, D Rose has been great off the bench. Incredible. Guys like 15 to 18 points a night easily. Same thing with Alec Burks as well. Getting that production sucks. He just went out for COVID protocol but hopefully we'll get him back. Like we don't have him for an injury, but then also too, like how good is Nerland's Noel in defense? Ooh, like okay. we have the, th we have the third best defensive rating team in the league right now. My man, Kenny Payne literally changed this guy overnight into like Dikembe Mutombo inside the paint. Now, like my guys protecting the rim, like crazy. We're getting defensive stops like across the board. I'm hype. I mean, it, if we can keep this winning streak up, we can maybe slide into like that five, four seed, get home field or home court advantage in the playoffs. That's huge. Big time. I mean, th there's, there's so much we can talk about here and, and, and we're going to get into it. But my first thing is that little joke that you started off with. How quick are we going to try to flip Obi Toppin this off season? Dude, has to. There's no other time to do it than now. No other time. Like, 
listen, we have Julius. You play the same position as him. You suck. You're not going to fit into Tibbs' system, right? Like, you have to learn how to play defense. Like, Tibbs is not going to put up with, like, you know, your lackadaisical – or not lackadaisical because I think he tries. He just doesn't know how to play defense. He's a timid little bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree there. <clears throat> but so, – so I'm thinking, like, this offseason, right, like, you got to package this guy. You got to package all the dead weight and try to get it out of here. Yeah, put three players together. Put him, Knox, Frank, and put some picks together for a player. Dude, I love when Frank comes in and hits a three, and it's always like some weird announcer. Like, it'll be like, and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, like Frank, uh, young player showing some promise. It's like, dude, this guy's going to be in fucking France next year. Big time. Guy sucks. Who picks him up? Like, he... He's He'll get picked up and then cut. You know who picks him up? Greg Popovich. Watch, watch him oh. go to the Spurs and become like Tony Parker. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to see it, but um, there's so much to talk about. But I got to talk about my boy RJ. I'm getting that jersey. One thing that I want to point out is I cannot wait to see year three RJ fucking Barrett because – this year he's gotten so much better and he's getting so much better that like if you be if we we're gonna make the playoffs but with him with some playoff experience with that confidence going into year three fucking face of the league face of the franchise rj barrett right here all right wait so it's funny you just say that kev because i'm watching this and like kind of like what charlie said earlier it's like I guess last year and this year, like, what is RJ? Is he going to be a like spark plug guy? What is it? I'm at the point now he could be the second best player on a championship team. Okay. Okay. Second best. Bold. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's a superstar who's going to lead a team, but he could be the second best player on a championship team. Am I crazy for for saying that? He's fucking 20 years old. You're not crazy for saying that he, all he's done is gotten better. Yeah. I mean, listen, he has that, like, quiet confidence about him, right? He's yep. never too high, never too low, which is good. It's good for this market. I love him. I, I got to get, like I said, I got to get the hoop earrings. I'm going to grow my hair out if I could grow it. Get that <laughs> nice fade like RJ. <laughs> RJ Plaza over here. I love it. Charlie, I, I want to dig into a little bit with uh, Nerland's Noel, right? I mean, he's fourth in the league in blocks right now. He's only playing 20 minutes. I got a question for you. How quick are the Knicks to sign this guy in the offseason? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question, right? And I think also, too, like, you sort of have to think about the trajectory of his career, right? This guy was at Kentucky. He was one of the best, if not the best players in the country that year. He gets drafted by Philly, at the same time that they're drafting all of those picks from the process, they're getting Jalil Okafor, they're getting Joel Abid. They also draft him as well. He he flames out. He gets a knee injury. He 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 turns down that contract in Dallas for like eighty million dollars. He goes oh, what a to the bad th- move. What a bad move, right? He turns down that contract with the Mavs. He ends up in the Thunder. He he somewhat changes his game a little bit, but then he comes to the Knicks. He gets working with that with that Kentucky connection, and all of a sudden, he's now this defensive stud. I mean, I think a, a, a fair deal for him in the offseason um, is something that the Knicks should really look to do. I think a one-two punch of him – with Mitch interchanging for that defensive rim protection, I think Taj is a little past his expiration date. But I think those two together complement each other is really nice rim protection, particularly because Tibbs also likes that more traditional five set with a center back to his basket on the defensive end. So I think it fits the I think it fits the style that the Knicks are playing too with Tibbs as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, easy. Go for it. So question, because this is kind of like where I'm at with Mitch. Um, these types of players don't get a lot of money or they're not worth a lot of money now. 
it's not like back in the day when you would pay the big, big guy just like 20 mil a year. Like if he's a zero on offense and he's really good on defense, like you're not getting big money. Mitch is going to want big money. What do you pay Nerlens Noel? What do you pay Mitch that like keeps them here? I mean, I don't even care, to be honest with you. I feel like you can get a big guy on the buyout market. I love what they're doing, but it's like I'm not giving you guys like 20 mil a year. There's no way. I feel like two years, 16 mil team option for the second year is like the best contract the Knicks can give to Nerlens. Like eight, eight mil I'll a year. That. That's a eight mil a year. And then the team, if he sucks next year, can just be like, you know what, we're good and and not take up his option. All right. I'm cool with that. I'm like okay with them going into next year as our starting center. Like if we can if we're gonna take that next step. We're, you know, the free agents this year, there's no one that's going to be that big of a, of a player to come in here. Sure. But if for some way we can, we can package Mitch, Obi, uh, you know, a few picks for, for some, you know, superstar or all-star to come in here. I think now we're talking, right? Like, and it's not like Mitch is this like unicorn type player. Like he hasn't even shown us what he's really about. So um, I'm kind of okay with, uh, with maybe seeing him hit the road next year. But Charlie, I know he's your guy. So like, what do you think it would Mitch? Are you, you know, are we okay with going into next year with just Noel? It's, it's tough, man, because like, I mean, I think we always talk about this, right? Like we're sort of always waiting for Mitch to have like that breakout game. You know, I'm waiting for him to have like that huge dominant force game sort of announcing his arrival as like that dominant player. It hasn't happened yet. Um, it, it definitely sucks with the injuries that he's had this year. I think it's, it's definitely been a little bit of bad luck for him, but I think thus far, he hasn't shown enough to warrant that big contract yet. I think we do need to see a little bit more. I'm not sure if he has an option for next year. But I think we do have to be realistic about, you know, what the track record has been and then what that translates into with a contract based on his true value and not maybe the like perceived value. Yeah. I think that that's like kind of like all contracts, right? Like, especially in baseball, right? Like you're paying for, you know, like what people did in the past, like what they're going to do in the future. But like with basketball and Mitch, like I'm not willing to bet on that. Right. Like, I don't, I'm not sure where, what his trajectory is. And like easy said, like big men aren't really getting that much money. Like I would have honestly loved if we signed Andre Drummond, but uh, Yo, know, I was very anti that move when 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 he was linked, like to us. Yeah, me. really. I don't go. You could pick him up going into next year and try to you know move some of these pieces for another all star. He just loafs around for me. He's like dead weight moving out there. I just I don't know. It's just it does. He doesn't do it for me. All right. All right. Easy. What are you thinking about, Coach Tibbs? This defense that that we're playing right now, I, you know, I feel like it's keeping us in every single game, and we're going to be a huge, huge threat to any team come playoff time. Okay, so perfect like segue into that. Um, tonight's game is fucking imperative. We must beat the Hawks tonight to get into sole position of fourth place. Fuck the Hawks. So, yeah, well, first off, fuck the Hawks. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck that city. <laughs> fuck Matt Ryan. Fuck the Braves. Fuck all of them. Fuck that whole city. Chipper. Fuck Chipper. Fuck Larry. <laughs> Terrible traffic, too. Trash. <laughs> Terrible traffic. Is it really that bad traffic-wise? Oh, dude, the traffic is so bad. Like, everywhere you go, add an hour, man. It's so bad. Oh. It's terrible. Every it's so spread out. Everybody's in their car. There's like horrible public transportation. So it's just car like just bumper to bumper everywhere you go. It's terrible. Yikes. Yikes. So hear me out on this. So you've got the top three seeds in the East in whatever order are going to be the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks. So if we land in that six seed which we were in a couple days ago, 
that means we're playing the Bucks, which I'm not really scared of the Bucks, but I just would prefer not to play them if there's a chance that we could play the Hawks or the Celtics. Agreed. You know, so I think we we have to be a four or a five seed if we want a chance to make like an upset and get to the second round. Which, as a four or five, I think we could beat the Hawks or the Celtics. I think we could beat them four games in a series. I don't think that I almost or the Nets. I mean, I almost would rather play the Bucks than the Celtics for some reason. Really? Yeah, I feel like Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown are always like a thorn in our side. I feel they like the- are, that team hates each other, man. They always just do ISO at the end of the game. Like they should be so much better than they are. It's weird. Good point. I feel like the Bucks shit the bed in the playoffs, though. Like I'd rather, I'd rather, like I'd rather yeah. play the Bucks because, like, the the Bucks playoff offense is AKA we're gonna pass the ball to Giannis and watch him dribble around and try and shoot a non three pointer. <laughs> it's just like that's why they got swept by the Raptors like two years ago. True. Yeah. True. Come playoff time, and especially with the defense that we're playing, you know we're gonna be locked in, and our game plan is literally gonna be keep Giannis as far away as the basket as you can, you know, and like, just let him shoot. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I mean, if we could get to that four or five spot, that would be ideal. No, we win tonight. We're in the four. Yeah. I think getting the four and getting, getting the four playing possibly the Hawks and having home court would be the most ideal situation for the Knicks. No doubt. You'll be sick. If like, we get that for we get that home court and then like the day before like the first playoff game at MSG fucking Como is just like all right everybody's in 100% capacity just for this game it would be such a good game in the garden the, the garden would be pumping tonight like yeah. oof, be great i know i'm just like hearing like the defense chants just like ringing in my head yeah there's no place like the garden man like i've seen basketballs in a few different places it's just it's one of a kind that's for sure the food is also dramatically improved like it's a good, amazing spread there right now yeah what's your favorite item from the from the garden food <sighs> it's a tie i'm going fuku chicken sandwich in the section 119 lower <laughs> level or <laughs> tells or, you where to get it too tells you or, where to get it or I'm going hot dog with ketchup and relish from section 210. I'm just saying they're better in section 210 than anywhere else. Wow. Good good to know. Good to know once that place starts. But that Fuku chicken, that also too, the Fuku chicken sandwich is on the happy hour deal. If you go, I think, before 645 or 630 to the game, you pay with a chase card. I think you get 25% off. Look at you so, spitting hot fire. Hold on. What's on this this sandwich? Is it just uh, like a spicy chicken sandwich? So it's like a spicy chicken sandwich. It's got a little bit of pickle action. It's sort of similar to the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, um, but their sauce is way better. Way better sauce. Okay. Wait, so you're going into these games at what, at what time? Like, I mean, I don't know, 630, 645. Wow. All right. Look at you. Yeah, got yeah, gotta get comfortable, man. Gotta get the spread, gotta get a you know, gotta gotta hit That's, the normal yeah, spots. What, easy, what are you what time are you going to these fucking games? Dude, Easy's I, that guy that rolls in in the midway through like the second quarter and you're like, oh, <laughs> this guy again. Like uh, I'm the guy <laughs> honestly, yeah. And then I get up as soon as I sit down, get two beers. And- <laughs> 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 uh this fucking guy just making yeah. everybody get up. And you know he's like in the middle of the section too. So no matter which way he goes, he's just fucking up someone's ride that's trying to watch the game. Dude, Dude, we have one of those guys in our section, like obviously because Jackie's dad has season tickets. We're always in the seats. And like, no joke, this guy that has season tickets in the middle of the row because we're on the end, he does that every time. Like, I feel this tap on my shoulder. It's like seven minutes to go in the second quarter. And it's the guy and he's like a business executive. So I think he has them for like entertaining clients. So he's always with somebody different. I'm like, of course, it's you again, like every time. Mr. Inconvenience. But easy. Yeah, getting back to this. What time are you strolling into these games? Dude, like 
what seven o'clock so like like 708 i'm like running in at like last minute just to get into the game right before t- like tip off i'm buying a beer and and like i like to be early man i'm, I'm with charlie man i want to get settled i want to have a beer have some food sit down watch a little pre-game i'm always too cheap i'm like nah let's just get food somewhere else and then before you know it i have two or three beers at that other place and then you got to get food then you walk over and then i'm late so yeah, yeah. The key play to the garden is to actually go at like 630, but go to the restaurant that's on the second level right up the escalators, like the the lounge restaurant, sit at the bar, order like drinks and a burger, and then just basically wait there until like 715, then go up, get a beer and like go to your seat. That's the real play because the food is better there even than in like the concession stands. It's like an actual restaurant. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Look at you. I'm going to write that down for my notepad next time I'm in the city and going to a game. <laughs> and I hope it's soon. I hope they start opening these games up, hopefully by next next season. We can get in there. But, all right, so I still have – I'm looking at my notes right now, right? Like, there's just still so much to talk about. The one thing I do need to mention is the fucking role players on this team, right? Like – Quickly, Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, Derek Rose, Todd Gibson, who's just been like a revelation, just having a guy that just plays defense. And I don't know. I, I just feel like this team is going to be trouble for anyone that they play. Charlie, give me some of your thoughts on, on these uh, these role players here. Yeah, I mean, I think that the production we've got this year has been tremendous across the board. And I think another thing, too, is it's never really let up either, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And another thing, too, is, you know, we haven't had a ton of issues with COVID on the team, luckily. And we haven't had a ton of injuries either. The worst injury we've had, obviously, is Mitch. Other than that, all of our players have stayed healthy for the most part. Burks was obviously down and out there for a little while, uh, but still, I mean, we've been able to get production that's been consistent for the Knicks, which I think has been huge. I think a lot of times we've lacked that that consistency there for that for that production. The support has been there. Obviously, the the, the other thing too that I think has been really critical through this is that. Our team, more than any other time in the last five or six years, is truly prepared when they go into these games. I think they legitimately know what the game plan is, what their job is, what they're executing on. And I think Thibodeau is holding them accountable during the game on that. I think when Fisdale was here, they basically were just walking in, going, we're playing basketball today and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was obviously a complete clown show. Um, so I've been really impressed both with the preparation for the team, the production across the, the bench as well. Obviously, we've highlighted a, a ton of the players, but the consistency has been the theme for sure. I feel like if we were to compare like this Knicks team to like a football team, it'd be like the Patriots, right? Like, I feel like Belichick gets his team prepared. Everyone does their job. And that's exactly what the Knicks are doing right now. And like you pointed out with Fisdale, it was like watching the Adam Gase Jets, right? Like just no idea what the hell is going on. Uh, you really couldn't even see your players develop. But uh, easy. any th- final thoughts on, uh, on the Knicks before we, we kick it over to something else? I do. Um, I think you guys have, are having a little too much of a recency bias with Alex fucking Burks. If I got to watch him try and take over in crunch time, like 2006 Kobe, I'm going to shoot myself. Yo, he was hitting shots, though. Yeah, and then he doesn't. And then he likes, like, no, don't worry, guys. I'll get it this time. 18-footer clank. It's like, stop taking contested fucking jump shots, Alec Burks. Like, you're not our closer. Harsh. I I really don't like Alec Burks. Sorry. If we make the if we make it to the second round, I'm getting you an Alec Burks jersey. You Easy. Win. Who do you who do you not like? Who do you hate worse? Easy, uh, Alex Burks or Trey Young? Oh no, Trey <laughs> Young definitely Trey Young. But I'm just saying, like, wait, you guys haven't noticed this? Am I alone with this take? I haven't noticed it, Kev. Have you noticed yeah, I this? Have, I, I haven't noticed it. Um, I do notice that he, you know, when he's on the court, he likes to get his shots up, but like, yeah, he's been hitting them. 
So like, just pay attention when they don't start falling all the time. I just, just like, he has no concept of like an offensive flow. He just like comes up and just shoots and you're like, ah, come on, dude. Dude, leave like, Alex Burks alone. What did he ever fucking do to you? Dude, if I saw him out in the streets, punch him right in the dick. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I listen. I, if <laughs> like, no, I would. Yeah, of course you would. If we make the second round, I'll, I'll jerk him off. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I'm just saying, like, if you keep hitting him, if you hit him when it counts, like, you can do whatever you want, Alec Burks. But I'm watching you. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Charlie, any, anything before we flip it over? Yeah, I just have one final thought on the Knicks. I would love to know what the over-under spread is that Scott Perry signs uh, uh, Alfred Payton yet again to another one-year contract to be our point guard. <laughs> would you take him as a as – if he was a, the backup point guard, would you be okay with him? <laughs> I would take him, but I just do not understand the Scott Perry affinity for, for fucking Alfred Payton. Like the guy, Scott Perry is the most loyal GM to people that he drafts ever. Like this guy drafted Alfred Payton like 2014 in the Magic. He's still playing for him. And then, you know, what's funny is we had another one who was so loyal to his guys. Uh, what was the other jerk off? The Princeton dude who, who gave Hardaway $72 million. <laughs> oh, uh, um, uh, uh, Steve Mills. Steve Mills. Steve Mills. Yeah. Who, the guy that didn't even know anything about basketball is the president of basketball for the Knicks. <laughs> Incredible. Because he was friends with Dolan. Unreal. Ridiculous. That's awesome. What a, what a fantastic job to get to be friends with somebody. The president of the New York Knicks. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, well, we're not going to shy away from the Knicks just, just yet, but... I do feel we got to touch on our boy Zion Williamson from Duke with his comments on MSG in New York. Charlie, what are you thinking? Can you break it down for me? Yeah, I'm just actually online right now trying to figure out how I can ship like some cat's deli sandwiches to my man down in New Orleans. Like, I mean, get them here. Like, if you know, I mean, it's obvious that the Pelicans, you know, they're they're good. They're OK. They're not that. But I mean, come be with some winners over here. I mean, we're a playoff team. Um, I wonder if he's got a little bit of, uh, of remorse seeing RJ over here, having a good time, um, should be interesting. Uh, I don't read too much into it. Obviously the, the Pelicans love him and are going to try and keep him there at all costs. Um, would it be cool to, to get him down the road for sure? Um, I think he's probably got what three years left on his rookie deal. So we'll yeah. see. Um, I definitely don't think there's any free agents coming available in the next year or two years that interest the, the, the Knicks that much. So maybe he's, he fits their timetable. Easy. What are you thinking about this Zion stuff? So I got a couple things. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but the way that interview started, Zion was like, I'm happy you asked that. Yeah. And then yep. smile ear to ear and just like went off about how great and how much he likes playing at MSG. So like, it's weird that he like said that, you, you know, like he, he kind yeah. of made the point that he wanted to talk about it. And then like, he caught himself and was like, well, obviously I like New Orleans the best, but my second favorite place to play is MSG. Um, I think the real play is what we have to do is we got to just start sending everyone to just send anonymous mail to David Griffin and tell him how much better Brandon Ingram is than Zion. So he locks up Ingram long-term with some max deal. So then they don't have the space to give Zion a full contract. And then we swoop in and we give him some crazy thing that, that they can't match because they're a small market team. That's the move. I like it. I like it a lot. I think there's a lot of things that, that go in the Knicks' favor here when it comes to Zion. Um, you know, obviously, right now, the Pelican, I don't think the Pelicans will be good enough to keep him. That's one thing. It's going to turn into like the Anthony Davis situation, right? Where it's a small market, he's a huge superstar, the team's not good enough, and he wants out. I kind of hope that that, that aligns with, uh, with what's going to happen with Zion. But I mean, and look, the Knicks are, we have a young core. Right. We're, we're competitive now. I think things fall in line to where Zion could be the next Knicks miss like LeBron, KD, <laughs> Kyrie, like all those, you know what I mean? 
all because you know you know us as fans we're going to be thinking about zion in that same light like oh we're going to get this guy when in of course it comes to that time and he's just going to go somewhere else but yeah i mean I, I also literally can't believe we're even talking about this like three plus years away but this is nick fandom yeah this is what we do are you kidding me yeah this is this is what we do I also don't think Stan Van Gundy is long for that job down there in New Orleans anyways. If, I don't know if y'all saw a couple of days ago, he he did that press conference after the game where they blew it at the end, and he completely trashed his players. Like, literally trashed his players so bad. I just don't think he's going to be long down there. He hasn't really gotten a lot out of them. Um, and one parting thought there, I feel like the Pelican we are going to end up with more so than Zion is going to be Lonzo Ball. Ooh, playing playing point guard at MSG. Wait, yeah. you see, speaking of Stan, I think it was it actually might have been one of the Nick games because I don't really watch a lot of Pelicans. Um, and Ingram hit a tough shot. Then they call a timeout, and Stan walks over and tries to do like the high five, good shot, and Ingram just fucking ghosted him, like head down, walked right by him, and I was like, oh. That's not good. Well, I mean, he's known to be a guy that like ruffles feathers, right? I mean, look at that situation with with Dwight Howard. Look, oh, that was the most awkward situation yeah. ever. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't Dwight know. Howard also like went to to like the owner of the Magic and was like, "I want Stamp fired." Yeah, yeah. I, when they first hired him, I thought that it was a, a pretty good hire. Um, kind of seeing what's happening with the team. Maybe that was uh, maybe not the right person for that job, especially with that young team. All right, boys. Uh, I think we talked enough, Knicks. Um, Wait, quick question before we pip, like pivot, just because like, Charlie just said it. How much money are you giving Lonzo? Shit. I don't know. We talking like a Terry Rogier from the Hornets contract or something? Yeah, I'm cool with I that. Not. How much is how much did he get? What was it for for like over a hundred or something? No, wasn't no, it? I thought it was like four years seventy-two or something. That's what I thought. Sure. Or eighty-five. Eighty-five, maybe. Something like that. Hold on. Hold on. Let me check my sources. All right. He's making it like eighteen a year. I don't want to. Yeah, if we could pay Lonzo less than twenty a year, I'm cool with it. Oh wow, he got a three-year, fifty-eight million dollar contract. Ooh, fifty-eight. Oh uh, yeah. If that's what we're giving Lon, yeah, hell yeah, I'm taking that contract for for him to be the point guard of this team. Well, like it honestly, it depends, right? Is he, is Lonzo Ball going to fit in with Thibodeau and like that defense first mentality? I don't know about that, but I know he'll fit in with like the ball movement. And I like how he doesn't dominate the ball. Like he yeah. gets it and it's hot potato up whoever's open. He doesn't give a shit who it is. Yeah. Which, yeah. He will keep the ball moving. He's not like a scoring dominant point guard. And he could kind of shoot now. Like he's got like a reliable jumper. Ish. That shot form is still so ugly. It's weird, isn't it? Who's his worst though? I don't like. I don't think Quickly's is much better though. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah, I don't know what kind of contract he's getting. I I don't think we're gonna get him for like a bargain. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and that's not because like he's this like incredible point guard. I just think, you know, he's got that media attention behind him. That name's out there. I feel like whoever his agent is is gonna try to play on that a bit. And it's what you said. This is not a big free agency year. So he might be one of like the bigger guys on it. And he's not even that good. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's flip it to another point guard. A guy that, I mean, an MVP, a past MVP, I should say, who's turning into an MVP candidate this year again. Let's talk about easy. Let's talk about your boy, Steph Curry, because I know you got his jersey hanging in your Put closet right some now. fucking respect on that name. <laughs> All these fucking LeBron bitch-ass fans want to always talk shit about Steph. Put some respect on that name. Guy's shooting 50-50-90. That shit's ridiculous. That's just in the month of April, right? Like, that's that's what he's doing right now? 
Yeah, his shooting is insane. It's like he had such a crazy like what was that? That 73 win team was 15-16 or something like that. Yeah, 2015-2016, yep. Dude, his numbers like he's not the same player, but his numbers are like fucking right there in his back-to-back um MVP years. He's doing more. It's because he's he has the team to. on his back right now. Because he has to. Yeah, exactly. Like, he has to do more. But I, I feel like that's more impressive. Like, you think these teams are, like, like scouting fucking, what's his name, Toscano Anderson and fucking Kelly Oubre? Like, no. No. And he's still putting up 49 on the Sixers. I think that that's my main thing of, like, just watching him go off, right? Like, what you just said there. Like, defenses are keyed into him much more than they were in the past because in the past there were other weapons there and i mean he's still just like fucking squirming through like three defenders to like get open and hit a three like it's pretty incredible i'm not the biggest curry fan but i mean what he's doing right now is pretty fucking impressive charlie what are your thoughts on this dude right now yeah, I mean, true. I mean, nothing, he's had an incredible season this year. I mean, definitely in contention for the MVP. Um, I actually, I got to see him play three years ago. I got to see the Warriors play three years ago out at Oracle in the Western Conference semifinals in the playoffs, and it was Ooh. sick. Like watching him light it up and and being in that arena and and sort of feeling the energy that Steph was creating in there was just it was incredible. And I was actually listening to somebody the other day, and they were talking about Steph, and they were sort of talking about his impact on the game and if you think about it right like Steph is one of the few players who has fundamentally changed how basketball is played and how the game is sort of viewed and looked at right like Steph completely changed and revolutionized what it was like to shoot three-pointers the emphasis it is on for a team in terms of how they score to win a basketball game like now every kid in AAU ball, in street ball, anywhere, they all are shooting the ball to be Steph Curry. And like, that's like Jordan-esque. And it's even, it's, it's, it's LeBron-esque to a certain extent. But to me, it's almost more Jordan-esque because LeBron didn't change the way the game was played. LeBron had teams who changed the way they played because of him. But LeBron didn't change the way the game was played. LeBron was such a physical specimen and a force complementing basketball that that's sort of where I feel like his stardom was born from. Steph completely changed, like, how we think about basketball. Dude, he's shooting 12 threes a game. It's crazy. Teams didn't even shoot 12 threes a game in the 90s. (laughs) So, Charlie, so what you're saying is that Steph Curry should be the new NBA logo. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't kidding. go that far, but I would definitely, I, I, I definitely think that he, he gets his due for changing how people play the game for sure. I agree, man. I mean, easy. Is this the hottest that he's ever been? I mean, like, like you said, he's shooting 50, 50, 90 right now. That's incredible. Like, when do you see that? So you ready for my hot take? Oh God, here we go. Let's hear Ready it. for the hot take? And this goes out to all of our fans in Utah. I hate you motherfuckers. So, <laughs> um, the Warriors right now are the nine seed. Yeah. And you guys know the playing like tournament rules, right? Yep. Kind of bullshit. Break them down. Break them down. So, like you would think it would be seven plays ten, eight plays nine. And it's one game like the wild card and that's it. But it's not. It's seven plays eight for the seven seed. Nine plays ten. The winner of that then plays the the loser of the seven eight game. I, I kind of like that, but I see what so, you're saying. Regardless, what's going to happen? Steph's going to pull some Steph shit. The Warriors are going to become the eight seed and they're going to fucking upset the Jazz in round one. They're going to oh, fucking geez. put Rudy Gobert in the spin cycle in about 100 fucking pick and rolls per possession. They're going to just smoke the Jazz and now Curry's on to round two, baby. Holy moly. All right. That's a wow. big take right there, man. Tell me that's not 
totally ridiculous. I think it's totally ridiculous. Come on. Polish that one up for hot for first take tomorrow with Stephen A. <laughs> Listen, I tweeted it like to him before. I think the Jazz are too good. Um, Jazz suck. Jazz are only – they have a good record because no, nobody got hurt. Everyone else is hurt. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're killing it right now. Because they're not injured. They have like seven players that are over averaging over 10 points a game. It's okay. They'll be out real quick come playoff time. So, I mean, you know, one thing about the Warriors is, you know, James Weissman, right? And I feel like they're – it's almost like he's not really fitting in with that team right now. Well, he's done. He tore his meniscus. Yeah, he's out. Oh, shit. He's out for the year? Yeah, when he's – yeah, When the hell did that happen? Happened like a week ago. Yeah. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. Oh, poor fella. Never <laughs> mind. I was going to really rip into him, but. Yeah. But if you think about it, him and Clay potentially coming back next year, that's two great players. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if Weissman was, is going to fit in there, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, any other points on Steph Curry? I know he, he's in the MVP discussion right now. He's just killing it right now he's putting that team on his back easy apparently thinks he's going to take out the jazz he won't do it he won't do it he's too much of a guy get him some help lakob you fucking lazy fuck you're riding off those couple championships make some moves draft some players flip wiseman and a pick and somebody else for bradley beal let's go get curry extend his prime baby I think uh, I think we had enough of of Easy's love for for Steph Curry. That's man, I like him. I only do. <laughs> Charlie, where do you want to flip it right now? There's a lot of different ways we could go. Yeah, so I know you know. Obviously, Steph, he's been playing phenomenal this year. You know, he just came out and said he thinks he should be MVP. I know there's been a lot of discussion sort of around the the NBA circles about who should be MVP this year. Obviously, Jokic is making a a huge case for it with the Nuggets, right? I mean, even the game a couple of nights ago against the Grizzlies going to two overtimes, him scoring like 44 points, dueling it out with Ja Morant. The guy's playing phenomenal basketball. The Nuggets, I think more so than the Jazz, are that team to look at. Uh, as we go through the Western Conference and in terms of obviously being a really a formidable opponent and a team that's going to make waves, such Jamal Murray's out with the ACL sprain. You know, obviously we watched him light it up in the playoffs last year um, and be like a huge offensive addition to them. Um, so we'll see. I think Jokic is definitely should be should be in contention um, for MVP because he's been crushing it this year. I agree. I like how you brought up Jamal Murray because I wanted to do that too. I feel so. I mean, he. I think he just had uh, surgery today to 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 fix that torn ACL. That is such a big blow for this team right now because, like, I, I would have probably taken them to to take the the West this year after the run that they made last year. But Jokic is that dude right now. I mean, another guy that's like a triple double every game the best passing big man in the league. That's my vote for MVP, but uh, easy. Interested to hear uh, what you're thinking there. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with, with you. Um, it's, it's a real shame that Jamal Murray like towards ACL and the timing of it sucks because yeah. like next season's a wash and he's really only coming back the year after like fully healed, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they make this like the big swing trade for Aaron, for Aaron Gordon. And he's been playing re- really well on that team. Michael Aaron Gordon. Gordon, can you believe that, dude? I mean, he 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 was ne- never a star like player. Like they wanted him to be because he was in the dunk contest. But like him being the like the third guy on a team is perfect. He's fitting. He's fitting in really well over there. And Michael Porter, like Junior's hitting threes. He's playing really well. Like it really sucks that Murray's out because like this is like prime time because. Say AD doesn't come back 100%. LeBron doesn't back like 100%. Uh, Clippers suck. Like, Suns haven't done it before. Uh, the Blazers aren't that good. Like, this could be their year. Yeah. 
you know notice i didn't even mention the jazz so like um <laughs> easy on the clippers too pal they're actually playing pretty good ball right now this is what paul george does he gets everyone excited in april and then play <laughs> Playoff P takes a dump all over the place. Play, playoff P. Playoff P. Easy. Yo, I like how, I, I like how you brought up the injuries. Um, so like Charlie, you know, I want to hear what your thoughts on this, but like whose injury, you know, this year you think will take the biggest toll on their team, like come playoff time? Because I mean, like Easy said, there, there's a ton right now. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a ton, and I think there's a couple of ones that are really interesting. I think understanding the extent of Harden's hamstring injury, I know he's out indefinitely right now, while also understanding that KD has been iffy over the last month to two months. Kyrie sort of put them on his on the nets on his back the, the last couple games. I think he scored 32 last night. Um, so it the nets I'm really interested about, obviously also two signing LaMarcus Aldridge, losing him like four days after him getting signed um, to the health condition. So him going off the roster, he actually played really good for them in like the two games that he played. Um, And I was really impressed with how they were using him. So I'm really curious to know what's going to happen with the Nets. Also too, like the Heat or somebody else that I really see injuries sort of creeping up on they just signed Oladipo. He just got another knee injury. I know he's sort of day-to-day. They they invested in Oladipo. He's got that injury history. They invested in Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets got a lot of miles on him. He's yeah. also injury-prone, too. I'm a little curious to see what that does for them. That, just, that leaves them with just Bam. And then also, too, when you think about the Lakers, AD's coming off that Achilles injury. LeBron's coming off that high ankle sprain, which is a really shitty injury to come off of. Like you hear people who've had high ankle sprains, they're miserable to come back from. Those are two tricky injuries to come back from. You now have Andre Drummond leading the the offense out for the Lakers at times. So the, the Lakers are the other team that I worry about with this injury history that they've had in the regular season, looking into the postseason, and the Lakers have had a ton of miles on them. They played a late season last year and turned it around really quick. So if I'm Vegas, I'm fading the Lakers in the playoffs. I may be a little bit more bullish on the Clippers, and I may be slightly fading the the Nets in the East. Easy. Same question, bud. Like, what you know, with all these injuries, who, whose injury do you think really – plays the biggest toll for their team going forward? Um, I mean, I hate the Nets. I hate the Nets. And I want to say Durant because I really, really think like Durant's the answer here. Because like at full strength, like they're just, they're going to be so good. Yeah. But I just hate, I hate them, and like they all—they they haven't play. gotten to that point. Yeah, like how, they've never how, played a full game together. Think about exactly, that. Exactly. How much longer can we keep talking about potential when it's like, dude, the playoffs start in a week? Yeah. Like or two weeks now, right? It's two weeks out. I think we have fifteen games left. Yeah, it's like, like, come on already! Like you're gonna, like you gotta play at least a couple games together for the playoff start. Um. I think the Lakers is very important too, because obviously LeBron and AD is like pretty much their, their team. And like, I like that the role players on that team have stepped up and they like, I mean, obviously they're not the top team in the conference anymore. They're five right now, but um, they're, they're like down their two most important players and they're not like terrible. They're still in games they're doing their thing, but just they're a different team when LeBron's running the show and AD's doing his thing. So See you later, THT. Uh, Kuzma go back to shooting like five times a game. <laughs> Russo, bye. Drummond, shut up. Like, you know, like yeah. a lot of players have to accept different roles. And like, dude, the players are about to start. Yeah. I, I, you know, going back to your Nets point, I think this is the team that obviously is going to be the most affected by these injuries just because they haven't had a chance to all play together. But I do think that James Harden injury – it's going to be tough for him to come back from, right? It's like that hamstring injury that, you know, it, 
it's not something that, you know, immediately goes away. So once he starts playing, it's going to be something that keeps nagging him for like the playoffs. The way he was playing before that, he was incredible, right? Um, Wait, so what was the actual injury? I, I saw that it just, he had a setback. I know that it was a hamstring injury and like, there's going to be setbacks with those all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I pull my hamstring all the time and like, I don't even do anything. So <laughs> I think also too, with James Harden, like, even if he does come back from the hamstring injury, like let us not forget how horrible this guy has actually shown up in the postseason. That's so not point. only have the nets never actually played a game together with this team, but they're actually also counting on James Harden doing what he's never done before when he was with the Rockets, which was actually play good in the postseason. Like he, he didn't actually play that well in the postseason. And I remember we always talked about James Harden being like MVP, winning the scoring title. And then he gets to the postseason and he doesn't play any defense and he fucking sucks. So it's like, we not only need this team to play together, but we also need you to actually show up and play like you have never played before. That's a great point, man. He, he doesn't really show up when you exactly need him to. So, fellas, I do want to, you know, we're kind of getting close to time here. I do want to focus on one team, though, and I do have a question for you guys. Easy, I'll start with you, man. Are the Phoenix Suns being taken seriously right now? Um, it's funny you say that because it's hard to say no as a two seed, but, like, I don't think so. And I think it's kind of, like, rightfully so almost. It's like, all right, like, yeah, you're making a big run. I think that we've seen this year more so than any other year in the past. I don't think anybody gives a shit about the regular season anymore. (laughs) Like, dude, big time marquee matchups that are on primetime games. Everyone's sitting. Yeah. It's very annoying. Well, like teams and I I, like, I wonder if it's for scouting because like, it can't be for anything else. Like the NBA has got to be pissed. Like, that that Philly Nets game and fucking Durant and Harden were both out. Kyrie played. It's just like, come on. This isn't like what you want. So it's weird. So like I say that like as the Suns are the two seed and kicking ass and might become the one seed in the West. Um, Is that just because they're the only ones who care? That's a good point. I don't know. Charlie, I know, I know this is like your team, man. What are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I mean, look, I I've loved the Suns all year. You guys know that. I've I've expressed my love for the for the Suns in the desert many times. Um, real quick about 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 players sort of not playing. I mean, I feel like half the NBA players are waiting for the regular season to be virtual. Like they're just like they're like, are we do are we doing the regular season on Zoom now? Like I feel like that's sort of how they feel about it. Um, but no, like uh, thinking about the Suns, like can we for one second just take a step back and give Drake Jay Crowder his fucking due? Like this guy goes to every team and becomes like an instant sharpshooting three point defensive lockdown wizard. Like was on Boston played really fucking good for the Celtics goes to the heat plays really fucking good for them gets them in with the finals and plays really good in the finals goes to the heat and or, or the suns and they're like 42 and 16 one of the best teams in the western conference so like i mean as chris paul's obviously been phenomenal devin booker's obviously been good as well but they're getting that right back to that Knicks point, that consistent production from players like Jay Crowder, and it's helping them be consistent in these games throughout the course of the year, string together victories, and they're in the position that they're in now. So what you're telling me is that this offseason, the Knicks need to somehow get Jay Crowder on the Dude, they got to go get Jay Crowder. I love that. I'm telling you, I love this guy. Let's go. Uh, A couple points on the Suns, like, I don't think they're being taken seriously. I actually think that they can make kind of a run here. Um, just kind of looking at, I actually read an article, so some stats here. But, uh, you know, 
you know, a couple of questions that come to mind with this team is like, okay, can, you know, they're a young team, mostly besides Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. It's like, can they win on the road? You know, well, well this year they have the best record in the NBA on the road. Uh, you know, can they beat good teams? You know, this year they have the best record in the, in the NBA against teams over 500. And they're 18 and 11 in tight games that are decided between, you know, five points. So it, it seems like they're on the right path here. You know, they're beating good teams. They're winning on the road and they're winning close games. Uh, I kind of feel like all that trend, you know, transfers over to playoff time. And I mean, you do have Chris Paul. I know he hasn't gotten far in the playoffs, but I mean, he's that guy that gets, that sets the tempo for everybody. So, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see how they play come playoff time. So you guys watch the Suns, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does Aiton play in crunch time in the playoffs? I mean, on offense, yeah, because that pick and roll with him and Chris Paul, it, it's pretty unguardable. I think if they play the Lakers, they probably have him in there at some point to, to, to match up on AD. Although you don't love that matchup because AD can pop out and shoot the three, and you don't love that matchup. AD's more mobile. You get AD out on the perimeter one-on-one with Aiden. I feel like AD takes him off the dribble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, do you guys ever get the feeling that Aiden just kind of like – I mean, he's still super young, and it's just – I mean, they're all young, but it's like – there's just times when, like, I, I like it just looks like Aiton doesn't really know what he's doing yet, or he does a little too much before it's like, all you, all you needed was a little hook shot, man. Like, just, just. Pop. I think that that'll come with time, right? Um, I guess, yeah. But I, I feel like that's like all big men, right? When they come into the league and they're supposed to be pretty good, that's true. Just like they just move too quick for their bodies, and it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's up with big men and not being able to catch a ball? Oh, stone hands. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, you don't notice that? I feel like I've watched a couple Suns games, and, and Chris Paul will throw him the ball, and Aiton won't catch it cleanly. And you know Chris Paul. He's like he's just like that, like, annoying dude at, like, at the, at the courts. And you're like, I just picture him being like, come on, motherfucker, catch that shit. Yeah. Like you ruined my assist. Fuck, sorry. Exactly. And ain't just like being like, all right, you know, get it next time. Like, you know, like the little (laughs) big boy. Like, I'm trying, man. Oh, boy. Fellas, anything else before we we wrap it up here? Yeah, just one last quick call out. You know, really can't believe that A Rod is now an NBA owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right? Like, where the hell did that come from? Really disappointing. Wait, and you guys see the whole other thing with D-Wade now? Partially owns the Jazz with some, like, other? Yeah, so what's that that all about? I don't know. I think it's, like, it's one of those, like, a bunch of investors just, like, pool some money together. But one of the investors is D-Wade. Wow. I feel like the... Does he also own part of a soccer team, D-Wade? I thought that was Mellow. Maybe that's Mellow. I would have thought that D-Wade would have been like a Miami Heat lifer. Like, just get him a front office job. Yeah, and he's on TNT, and he's not bad. I don't mind him. He's not bad, yeah. Yo, I don't like Candace Parker on TNT. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. Tuesday nights, and she always tries like being like too like witty, and she tries like going at everyone a little too much, and it's like, dude, settle down. Yeah. Yeah. Not I a big fan. I kind of feel like with all of like the kind of newer broad- broadcasters, I feel like they're trying to do too much to where like people will notice them. Like, yeah, like Chris Weber, like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Oh, after I all. fucking hate Chris Weber when he does games. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, I mean, I need Kevin Harlan, and then like, and then some sort of other announcer with Kevin Harlan. That that's what I need. Agreed. You know what cracks me up is like we're at the age now where we like we hear the announcers and we can like talk shit. Like I love. When, like, there, there's always a game when, like, and then, like, that Chris Weber's doing, 
and it'll be like, it'll come down to a final play and some guy like, he'll call a timeout when they don't have one. And Weber will like, he's got to know what to do. He's got to have his head in the game and no one has a star player. You got to know what's going on. And it's like, hey, asshole, you did that. Yeah, I know. That's so great. Such a great point. You know, or like he'll talk about how like he's got all the talent. He just can't put it together. It's like, dude, that's you. That That sounds like you. (laughs) That was you. Shut up. Yeah, I've heard him bring up that stuff before where, like, you got to learn what to do, like, during crunch time. Like, bro, you forgot how many timeouts your team had. (laughs) All right. But, all right. But, real talk, though, real talk. As Knicks fans, though, are we really really taking Reggie Miller over Chris Weber on the TNT announcing crew? Oh, goodness gracious. Reggie Miller. Yeah. I mean, he makes me want to jump off a bridge. There's, yeah, like, what's up with that? Like, are, are they taking, like, voting from, like, fans? We're like, oh, yeah, these guys could, like, who's who's saying yes to yeah. these people? That's what I want to know. I want to know who they're saying no to. At one point, we had Reggie Miller, Kevin Garnett, and uh, and and Chris Webber, and I'm like, let's pick the three most unlikable NBA players from my childhood and early <laughs> teens, and and make them all NBA announcers. Yeah, like that. That's just not gonna work, right there. Yeah. But yeah, I guess there aren't that many. You you, you got to think there's got to be a few people that are better than those options. Yeah. Well, I guess not. <laughs> like, who's the Tony Romo of NBA player broadcasters? Ooh. There isn't any, right? That's the thing. I feel like, I, you know what? Well, that's a good person to bring up because I feel like the NBA is trying to find that guy, right? So they're trying to put all these guys in there and it's just not working for any of them. I still love Van Gundy. Yeah, who doesn't like Jeff? Always love Van Gundy when he does a game because he's funny and then he'll talk hoops too. And then he's just like oblivious. It's really good. Yeah. I can't wait for playoff basketball. Just give me Mike Breen all day, every day. (laughs) We're so lucky as Knicks fans, like Mike Breen calling our games on a random Tuesday night. Like, it's so good. I got to say, with with some of the New York sports, we're, we're super lucky to have the announcers that we have. Oh, yeah. But oh, except the Jets. Except the Jets. I mean, don't yeah. even get me started on my love for the Mets broadcasters. Oh, I know. I know. You can't. Like, that's the stuff, right? Like, the, the remember when Conforto got hit by the pitch to win the game? Yeah. Like, terrible. that's why I love them. Like, because they called that out. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, like, and the Mets win, you know? Yeah. They were literally just sitting there like, no, like this game should not be over. Like the Mets should not win this game, blah, blah, blah. That's why I love Clyde too, though, because Clyde in Knicks games will be like, the Knicks are not playing defense right now. And it's just like, yeah, they fucking aren't. That's they're getting blown out. You know what I mean? Like he will not mince words in his criticisms of them. That's why we love Clyde. How much longer can he do it? Till yeah. For a very long time, I hope. Dude, he's in his 70s. He's going to be the next Hubie Brown. Yeah, how old I is love, that guy? I love Hubie Brown. Who doesn't love Hubie, Hubie God, Brown? I love that guy. Oh, oh, hold on. Let's call it. We're going to the stat guy. How, how right, hold on. Don't, don't tell us yet. Don't tell us yet. Holy sh- This guy is decrepit. How, how, old think, how, how old do you think he could be? Brown? Well, he was a coach like in like the sixties. I feel like Hubie Brown is like, I want to say he's 90 years old. Wow. I think he's 85. Dude, right in the middle. He's 87. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Jesus Christ. Dude, still coherent enough that he's, like, on live television. That's insane. His brain is just clicking. Damn, that's awesome. Good for him. Fucking Hubie. Wait, now, and you know, right away, what is Hubie Brown worth? Let's see. $5 million. Come on, Hubie. Buy some real estate. How are you only worth 5 mil? You've been around the NBA for six decades. 
That's true. His contract wasn't probably that much money when he was coaching back in the day. Leave Hubie out of this, all right? He needs a financial advisor. That's what he needs. All right, fellas, before we end this, any final thoughts? If the Knicks don't throw like Trey Young into a fucking announcer table tonight, WWF style, I'm going to be very upset. All right, love that. Charlie, how about you? Yeah, I'm sort of with the easy tonight. If we need to go like all Anthony fucking Mason on them tonight, like just literally toss them around. Beat them up. Um, um, no, I, I think the Knicks are in a good place right now. I think we've got a lot of momentum on our side. Um, it's a good feeling. Spring ball is in the air in New York. Trees are blooming. Playoffs, Knicks are happening. It's a good time, man. Let's go. Great way to finish it off. Have a good night, fellas. Later, boys.